Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. Imagine for a second that you're a successful mortgage broker. Maybe you're funding 25, 50 million, 70 million a year, and we take away from you all of your clients, all of your referral partners, your professional referral partners, your realtors, your network, everybody that you know, and we pick you up and we drop you down in another city across the state or in another province. And we say, you got to build a mortgage business again. And the only thing you're allowed to keep is a laptop and the knowledge that you already have in your head. What would you do? How would you grow your business? That's what I want to talk about today in this episode. You know, this is something I've thought a lot about because we've helped clients in a lot of different markets and some of them have actually moved. So they came into our program and they moved from where they were into a new city. So it's something I've given a lot of thought to. So I'm going to share with you three things specifically that I would do immediately if I decided to move to your town or city and I was to become a mortgage broker. I'll tell you what they are and why I would do it. So the very first thing I would do actually is I would actually hire an assistant. So you'd be thinking, what well, why did you get an assistant? So I'd assume, I'm going to assume if I have no clients, I have no network, but I also know that the last thing I want to be doing is pushing paperwork and reviewing pay stubs and documents. And so the first thing I would do before I even started my marketing was I would actually be to hire an assistant. And even if it meant I had to pay for that assistant out of my own pocket for the first three months or four months till I started to get my business going, I would still do it. You know, I remember when I talked to this guy named Mark Good, and so it was a podcast I did with him on I Love Mortgage Broker, you can go check out. He does between 400 to 500 loans a year now, very successful mortgage broker, does something like 55% of all mortgage transactions or real estate transactions in his small town that he's in of 30,000 people. And I joke with Mark, he's like the mayor of his town. Like he's literally, he's not the mayor, but he's practically the mayor because everybody knows him. He gets a lot of the business in that town. And the first thing that Mark did when he became a mortgage broker, before he did anything was he hired an assistant because he looked at how much he got paid per mortgage. In his community, the mortgage size is smaller than a lot of the other major centers. And he thought, if I want to make the kind of money I want to make, I'm going to need help. And so the first thing he did was actually hire an assistant. So the first thing I would do before I started any marketing, before I started any outreach, is I would go find the best assistant I could afford. And I would hire them to help me with delivering amazing customer experience. Because if you got that, you can create repeat clients, you can create referrals, everything else goes. But if you don't have that, then it's very challenging. And incidentally, one of the biggest regrets, I talked about this in another episode, is of really top performers is waiting too long to hire. They wait and wait and wait and wait. And it's the thing that always holds them back. You know, a lot of the clients that come to work with us, one of the things that we do is we're like, hey, you need to hire somebody. And in fact, we actually have a whole service around this called Hired in Seven Days, where we've hired up to this point, 40 assistants for mortgage brokers, or almost 40, maybe it's like 39 or something. I don't know, it's pretty close to 40. And because it's something that you have to do. So first step, I move to your town, I show up with my laptop, I'm going to hire an assistant to help me because I want to focus on marketing and prospecting. And I want to deliver a great experience and having somebody help with the paperwork would be the first thing. The second thing I would do is I would actually start a podcast. Now you may be thinking, Scott, like a podcast? Like, what are you thinking? So when I originally sort of transitioned my mortgage business out of the mortgage business directly, what I thought my business model was going to be before we really double down on the training that we do now is I thought we were going to help mortgage brokers create podcasts because I was a podcaster. I saw the value of a podcast. I saw how it opened doors and built my network. And it was like, it literally gave me access to anybody. I was like, wow, I can imagine. And we started doing it a real estate show in my own town and being able to use it to access anybody. So that what I would personally do is if I move to your town and I don't know anybody, I'm going to start a podcast immediately and I'm going to use that as my way to get in front of all the movers and shakers. So just imagine for a second, I moved to like Winnipeg and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a mortgage broker in Winnipeg. I'm going to set up a podcast there and I'm going to start using that. I'm going to do two types of shows. I'm going to do a show where I interview builders, top realtors, 
city planners, lawyers, anybody who's connected to the real estate industry. I'm going to make them look like the star on the show, talk about them, pump their tires all the while. My profile is rising as I get to meet all these people and my Rolodex is growing. And that's one type of show. The second type of show I would do is I would share some mortgage guideline tip where it's actually focused at a consumer so that I could make the show focused for consumers. Because then let's say I have this podcast and I get a new lead. I could be like, hey, go check out our show. If they ask me a question, I probably have the answer in the podcast. I could be like, hey, check out this episode. Not only am I using it to build my network, I'm also using it to pre-educate my clients on why they should work with me. You know, this whole idea of the podcast, originally way back before I even started a podcast, I actually did radio and we had a call-in radio show and it was on AM. So, you know, probably an older demographic, people would phone in and we'd sit there and we'd say, okay, if you guys have real estate questions, call in, the guy would say, and then the board would light up and then you'd see a phone call and be like, oh, this is so exciting. We got a phone call. There was no screening. It was like literally from click to live because this was a pretty rinky dink operation. In any case, I remember one time we we're getting these calls coming in and somebody called and they're like, hi, uh, there's been an accident at, and they're basically phoning in to report an act, a car accident. And they're like, you don't have questions for our expert? They're like, no. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. In any case, having a radio show was a very powerful way for me to be able to build my network locally. But what I also did is I used that radio show. So I was able to get economists, so like national economists on my radio show, because I reached out to them and said, Hey, I got a radio show. Do you want to come on? They're like, sure. So it's amazing the doors that could open because I had a radio show. Now you don't need to have a radio show and spend the gobs of money that that costs when you could just do it with a podcast and have way more access. So I personally would do it through a podcast. And here's the thing about podcasting though, because I can tell you this from my own personal experience. This is my second podcast that I started. And my first one, I love mortgage brokering. We started about five years ago. We have 500,000 downloads of that show. And the first month we had 160 downloads, like literally, and I think it was my mom downloading it multiple times to make me feel good. And I think that it probably took 18 months of doing the show before it did anything for me. But to me, a podcast is a lot like planting a garden, right? You plant a garden, you don't go plant something, go, where's my food? How come it's not working? You just go, I know I'm playing the long game on this. And a podcast is a long game, but it's also amazing for networking because if you have a local focus, and it doesn't have to be real estate. That's just what I would do. But if you had a local show, getting in front of the top real estate agent in town, once it starts to get a reputation is easy. With my own, for instance, you know, we've had the mayor on the show with us. So you start to get all these people that are the who's who, everybody's going to know you. So, oh, you're that mortgage guy. You're the mortgage guy, right? Really simple. I cannot believe more people don't do this. I'm shocked, actually. And I think I know the reason, part of the reason is, is that it is hard. Like it's not easy. You got to, if you're going to especially have guests on there, you've got to arrange schedules. And so a lot of people, they give up on it and they're like, oh, I did four shows and it didn't work. And I'm like, dude, you're not thinking about this correctly. You don't plan something and then go, hey, four days later, nothing came out. You play it for the long game and it'll absolutely be worth it. So second thing I would do first is hire that assistant to help me have time to prospect and do things. That build the second thing I would do is start a podcast. And the third thing I would do is I'd actually create joint webinars. So I'd create webinars around topics and do them with real estate agents. We've done this with our coaching clients, with accountants. We do accountant webinars and we do, you know, ones with partners with our realtors. And the great part about doing joint webinars is I don't even need a list of I do a joint webinar with me and real estate agents, for instance, every time somebody registers for that webinar, I'm going to get their contact information. I am starting to get in front of these people. I love education-based marketing. I think people show up with a totally different perspective when they've been pre-educated to actually work with you. And so I would absolutely, I would use my podcast to promote my webinars. I would use the way that I would get in front of people would be doing these joint webinars to help them in their business. And all the while, my reputation would be growing. My list would be growing. And within two to three years, it would, depending on the size of the town, there would be nobody that would not have heard of us because it's literally just start and stick with it. So if somebody's listening to this, I know there's going to be some of you, a lot of you are going to hear this and you're going to be like, 
yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. But there's going to be a few, I guarantee you, that will hear this and they're going to go out and do it. It's going to blow their business up. But please don't think it's going to work overnight. Like our coaching clients, this guy named Chad, he actually started his own podcast. And when Chad came working with us, you know, he's dialed in. Like when I first started working with him, I was like, oh my gosh, now the guy is a, he's a beast. And one of the things he did was he created this podcast on real estate. He's told me he's been doing it a year now and it's actually starting to spit out business for him. But it did not happen in the first month. And so you really can use it as a powerful way to build your brand and reputation. So that's the three things I would personally do if I moved to your town. First is get that assistant so I can focus on prospecting and sales. Second, I would start a podcast, build my network, use it to get access to people. And third thing I do would be joint webinars with realtors and other professionals because then their list becomes my list and I can help them in their business by bringing topical content. So that's the three things I would do. Curious, if you guys, somebody decides to start a podcast, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. It's Scott at 10 Loans a Month. And in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about why you need to aim really, really small if you want to grow. So aim small to grow. This is going to be the next episode. So one last thing, this is a new show for us. And we've had I Love Mortgage Brokering now for a while. But if you like the show, if it's useful to you, if you could go and leave a review, that would be amazing. Really appreciate it. So I'm going to read you a quick review that we got from Jason Armstrong. It says, Game Changer, Peckford's short and sweet podcasts are absolute game changers. Whether you implement everything he preaches or not, these lessons will change the way you view and ultimately operate your business. Newbies or seasoned veterans, we can all benefit from the knowledge being dropped. Thank you, Jason, for the shout out. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for listening to this. Thanks for checking out the 10 Loans a Month podcast. This is where mortgage brokers become business owners. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.